0: Hello everyone! Welcome back to Nerds Adulting. I am one of your hosts, Peter. I am joined once again by Ruthie and Josh. Ruthie, how are you doing today?
1: I am doing pretty good. I'm, it's Memorial Day weekend, so pretty chill. Um, and so I'm making some fun stuff and preparing for Memorial Day. So I'm making some uh, rummy bears. <laughs> Mm. I'm gonna do my drunken Skyrim tomorrow, so I thought I would jazz it up because it's Memorial Day.
0: Yeah, there you go, Josh. Man, what's up? How you doing? How's this? How's work going now that you're back to normal days? Uh. <laughs>
2: even though I'm back at normal workouts, or like nothing is happening, even less is happening. So like I literally just sit there.
1: Just You enough. just can't do it at home.
2: Yep. Well, no. I can do it at home. I can do my whole job from my house.
1: I mean, they're not letting you do it at home.
2: Correct. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But
1: yeah, Memorial Day
2: weekend. Nothing going on. We wanted to go hike. uh, There's like this uh, mountain here called Pine Mountain. We wanted to go hike it at some point this weekend, but it's supposed to be storming down in that area, so can't do it.
0: Well, that sucks. But in the
2: house we are. All I'm, no- all I know is that I restarted uh, God of War, uh, getting back into it because it's such a good game, and I just wanted to experience it again. So, and playing it on my that uh, TV that I got last week, it's so much of an improvement.
0: But you know what's going to cheer you up? Is today is a very special day for me, at least. Oh so we're yeah. We're talk. We're going to talk about. Mortal Kombat the original movie from 1995 it is the 25th anniversary for those who don't know it released in August so uh that's what today's episode's focused on is going to be all things Mortal Kombat 1995 movie um a lot of people think it's one of the best or it's funny because it's not like a high bar to say but it's like one of the best video game movies to to be released um and I did some research on that which we'll get into which makes it's pretty interesting what I found but I'm super excited because it was a huge part of my, my childhood. And the, the movie was <laughs> – I'm, I'm thinking about it right now because I recently watched it. And it didn't really stand the test of time like I would have hoped. But I'm really excited to talk about it. What do you, what do you guys think? You guys, you guys uh, have any thoughts on the Mortal Kombat movie from what you remember in the game?
2: Well, uh, like I said before, my experience with Mortal Kombat is very miscellaneous – Uh I don't it doesn't have as much of my passionate cult following uh as it might have with you and Ruth. Uh but I am excited to talk about it.
0: What about you, Ruth? Who knows?
2: Maybe it'll help in help broaden my understanding and my my, uh my nerdedom, you know what I'm saying? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh
0: i'm about to open up the nerd box on this movie trust me i went a little bit too deep i went I into the say, no,
1: you're like super hyped right oh now.
0: you have no idea at you exactly have... 14 minutes 33 <laughs> seconds the director yeah, yeah. No, I,
1: legit,
0: we'll get into it but this was like my coming out party as a nerd like you'll know, we'll, we'll, we're gonna get into it but that being said ruthie before we dive in deep and get into the whole we're going to go into the and to talk a little bit about the original two games we're going to talk about the actors and actress actresses i guess because there's a couple of female actors actresses in there and then we're also going to get into the some of the box office stuff uh some of the behind the scenes stories that 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 maybe not a lot of people know about and then we'll also we're just going to dive in and talk about like what we remember from like what we liked and why it was good and why people enjoyed it um So that being said, what do you remember about about the movie just off the top of your head?
1: Uh, I actually remember a lot. Uh, I was old enough that we're like me and my brothers and my friends. This was like when the movie came out. We used to like play on the trampoline and pretend we were the different characters and we were fighting each other and we had played it in the arcade. So, yeah, it was a pretty big deal when I was younger. And I remember watching it a couple of years ago and still remembering like everything from it, the same feelings. The same like moments in the movie that like got you pumped, like they still got me pumped as an adult. So I'm pretty hyped too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad at least there's two of us here, Josh. You know what? <laughs> you can just get off the call now. I, I, don't, I don't need your. No, I'm just kidding. Um, All right,
2: see ya. I'm just playing. <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah, the reason why I'm really excited because I was really young. So uh, I was probably around 11 to 12. So It was 95. So I was about. Eleven or twelve years old when the movie the movie came out, but when the original arcade game came out, I remember the first one, the the original game first Mortal Kombat came out. I remember being at the arcades and I had a I had a best friend, his name was Brian uh, Brian Bell was his name, who was who was like my best friend as a little kid. I known him for years, and he was really good at video games. Like he was like really good he could have been like in today's day and age he probably could have been a pro gamer if he would grew up in today's day and age that's how good he was i never could beat him in anything any fighting games so for growing up fighting games were really big for me especially street fighter super street fighter 2 actually street fighter 2 i never played the original street fighter but street fighter 2 super street fighter 2 street fighter 2 turbo all those games were really big for me at the time and then Mortal Kombat came out it was very different, I remember the first time I saw. I walked with this big crowd of people, and I was at the arcade, and my friend was playing the game, and he had just beat somebody, and then he was this blue ninja, and then I, you know, I said finish him, and he like ripped his head off and held it yeah. up, and it like, it like blew my mind, like seeing this as like a ten or eleven year old kid, you know, he was the same age as me. He was, I mean, it was no different, but yeah. I just remember seeing that and being blown away. It is just it was realistic at the time, and it just it was so crazy. So that I fell in love with the game immediately after that, because I grew up playing, um, watching. You know, my dad was pretty liberal with me watching movies and stuff. So rated R movies and and violent movies weren't a pro. I saw those at a very young age, and uh, I always joke around and say, "Well, I don't think it really affected me in a negative way. At least I hope." But <laughs> um, so this game really, really. Uh, fit what I was into at that time. And then it came to the consoles later on, which everyone... if I don't know if you guys remember. It was a huge like, huge thing where politicians were worried about that these games were going to ruin ruin our kids' lives and things like that because it was violent. We had never seen anything like that. Do you guys remember remember that with the politicians? I think it was Joe Lieberman was one of them um, with the violence. But do you guys remember those games when they came out and the violence and, and how... and how it affected the public.
1: I don't know if Josh was going to go. I remember it. Uh, My parents were the same way as yours, though. Like, uh, they were pretty liberal. Uh, I watched R-rated movies, horror movies, everything. You know, so the blood, guts, gore, cussing, all that stuff. I was kind of already a thing. But to see it in a video game was a big deal. I remember exactly, like, him pulling the head off and the spine dangling. Yeah. And you see, like, the fake, you know, like, the like, the blood dripping from it, you know. Nowadays, it's almost, like, laughable, you know, like, laughable imagery. But, like, back then, it was just, like, oh, my gosh. And it was, like, in a public arcade. And I always laugh about how back then, a game like that, like, straight up in an arcade, you know, and nowadays, games like that, you know, on the same level of what today would be wouldn't be allowed in arcades. Um, But, like, it was the crazy thing. Everybody wanted to play it. People, you know, if you lost, you had to, like, Get out of there, you know. Like there was a line of kids like challenging each other and stuff. So, but, and it, I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah,
0: and that's what um, I don't want to dive into like the old like old timey arcade vibe, but that's what I remember back in the days in the arcades was like you had one person on the sticks, and then you had a line of people trying to knock that person off, and it was just mm-hmm. it's so much trash talking, and it was it was great. I mean that NBA Jam, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter. Uh, a lot of these games, Tekken got really big for me too later on because my friend's older brother, the one Brian, I was telling you about, his older brother had a license and there was lots of trash hot that went around amongst us and he would take it to this place called Odyssey Fun World. And that's where I, I got into another game called Killer Instinct, which I plan on doing another podcast um, coming up here soon. But that was another game that got me real sort of violent and and different, But I, I was really big into the arcade scene once I got to about 12 or 13 um and this game just blew my mind and funny thing is is so i'm not sure who it was but i think it was ed boone might have been john tobias one of their they're, they're the ones that are credited to the to as the creators and they went to two schools i grew up right outside of, outside of chicago and so they went to a school called the art institute of I just remember it being the art institute because of AI was like their logo, and they would always mm-hmm. come and they would do presentations. And one of the things they would always say, "Hey, remember the creator of Mortal Kombat? They went to our school, and I wanted to go to that school because they went to that school, you know." And during yeah. this time, again, this is like 1999, 2000, video game careers and, and curriculum in and, and schools was unheard of. Like it was not something schools were offering. And then my dad, you know, kind of shut it down. And he was like, you know, you're gonna, I, I can't afford that. You're gonna have to <laughs> go to junior college and,
1: yeah. and
0: like that. So that kind of crushed my dreams about being a game creator, uh, way back then. Um, so yeah, it was all founded. They, they worked for Midway, which was like a Chicago-based uh company, arcade company that made a ton of games. So the funny thing that I learned about this game was, so this game was actually created by four people. First one, sorry, the first Mortal Kombat it was created by four people. And it took about 10 months. The four people were Ed Boone, John Tobias. I think Ed Boone was 27. John Tobias was 22. And the other two were uh, an artist named John Vogel. And the sound designer was Dan Ford. That was it as far as creators, not including the actors. That was it. Only four people. Could you wow. imagine today making a game like that popular and that that made that much money and was groundbreaking with only four people?
1: Yeah, no, I can't imagine. Like, No. <laughs> I just can't.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's just crazy. Well, I guess in the indie scene, um, there's a lot of single like uh, l- small dev teams making stuff. But at the time, like nothing, nothing triple A, right? Like that's just it's just crazy. I didn't even know that until this week when I was looking to the game itself. So um, I don't want to get too much more into into the games. I just remember this kind of led to the ESRB, uh, the rating system boards for video games because there really wasn't one until Mortal Kombat came out and uh, I just remember all the hoopla and all the all all the worried parents and, the, and what about the children and these violent games, um, you know when when this, these games came to the home consoles like Sega Genesis actually had a, a code A B A C A B B A or something like that I, I don't remember specifically but um, that actually turned the blood on and the Super Nintendo version didn't have blood. It was like gray sweat is what they called it.
1: <laughs> um,
0: and so a lot of things were altered for the original ones. But then the second one came out. And none, of, none of the stuff was was edited because they had ESRB. And it was just as violent as the arcade version was, which was pretty damn cool. Um, I have some fun facts for you guys. You guys want to hear some fun facts? Yes. So the game was originally based on a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie called Bloodsport. At least that's what they were shooting for. Okay. But they couldn't... They couldn't get um, rights to use the name of the game or or jean Claude Van Damme, so because the deal eventually fell through, um, and then they just kind of they strayed away from that. So that was the first one.
2: Well, I guess uh, that's kind of a plus because they didn't get that horrible dancing.
0: <laughs> what for you talking about from uh, Kickboxer? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, this is funny. The pin- a pinball game designer named Steve Ritchie. Who was a friend of Boone's came up with the name mortal Kombat on a whim, uh, by glancing at a misspelled, someone had misspelled it on a whiteboard. And that's how the name with a K came to fruition was someone had misspelled it and someone had recommended it. And that's how the, that's what they went with. I thought that was interesting.
1: Wow. That's pretty interesting actually. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Cause there's like the whole, like, like, I love backstories and how things like that, how things come to fruition and things happen, but it was just like, oh, that's interesting. Like there's, cause if you think about it, there's no reason why to spell it with a K from what I could recall from any of the lore. Yeah. or new. It's just like, why, why did you spell it with a K? Like <laughs> just no reason at all. And it's just interesting <laughs> to me because it doesn't make any sense, but it's synonymous now. It's like iconic, you know, MK, you know? Um, Do you know then, who the th-
2: person was that, that did that, that that's uh, responsible for the misspelling?
0: no they never said or i couldn't find any information you know when i was going in my deep dive over this way i couldn't find who actually misspelled it and never mm. actually said but it's it, so.
2: like oh good job but also for lack of <laughs> spelling ability you're fired
1: oh.
0: <laughs> All Right, i don't think anyone wanted to own up to it they're like they couldn't spell combat correctly and they're just like uh yeah that's cool it's a great name yeah great idea um yeah and then so Frank Welker, at the end of the movie, the first movie, guys, I don't know if you remember Shao Kahn, he never had an appearance in the first movie. He was he had a big presence in the second game, Mortal Kombat 2. He was like the main villain of the game. And then in the end of the movie, because the movie came out after 2 was at its peak of popularity, and that's when the movie had was shot and filmed was after that. And Shao Kahn makes an appearance at the end of the movie, and the voice is done by Frank Welker. Who did the voice of Doctor Claw from the voice of Inspector Gadget? Oh, yeah. And I knew that voice. Like I heard that voice.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Now that you're saying it.
0: Yeah, and it's almost it's the same guy who did the voice for Doctor Claw, and it's almost exactly like verbatim, or the sound is just like it. So I thought those were some interesting facts about the franchise itself and and whatnot. So I, I put those in my notes. Um. So now I kind of want to get into the cast and like the director and producers and stuff. You guys want to move on to that?
1: Sure. Yeah, let's do it.
0: So do you guys know who directed the movie? Uh,
2: no. Paul, Paul Anderson.
0: Yep. And do you know what else he's famous for? I'm sure you do. When, you guys got to know what else he's famous for?
2: Well, Honest- I don't really I don't really know the name, but if you pretty much if you bring it up, I'll probably it'll probably fall into place.
1: I know it sounded like completely familiar, and I was just like, "I should know this," but it didn't click for me. To be honest,
0: Resident Evil. He oh did my the God. Resident Evil. <laughs> you knew, you knew, you just couldn't pull it, pull it out. The, couldn't the like I kept hearing
1: head. it. I was like, yeah. "There's something." He's a good. He's a thing, but I, I was too proud to Google it. <laughs> Wait,
0: the, the Resident Evil
1: like the
2: the ones with uh...
0: Mila Jovovich and
2: Mila Jovovich, yeah,
0: yeah. I think yeah. well. Yeah, she that. was. She's the only one I think that's been in in all of them. So for take that for what you will, because I think the first Resident Evil was was pretty good, even though it wasn't quite based on the story of the, the movie. They took some liberties with the story, but I, I actually like the first Resident Evil. You know, speaking of that franchise, I actually enjoyed that. Then it kind of went off the rails and went a little bit too too much, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, Paul W.S. Anderson, this was like his first big movie that he directed. He did some like, uh, indie film that made him pretty, I forgot who was in it too. I just drawn a blank, but he did an indie film and that's why he got tagged for this because he had done a really good film before this that all, that was made him this new up and coming hot new young director. Um, the person that gets credited for this the most, I would say for pulling this all together is someone named Larry Kasanoff. Uh, as the producer he actually worked he's the reason why terminator 2 became so popular as far as uh like toys and all in the video games i don't know if you guys remember the video game the arcade game he's the yeah. one that kind of like mm-hmm. pulled all that in together he realized what potential there was in terminator 2 and turned into like this billion dollar property not just because of the movie even though i'm sure we all love that movie it's one of my all-time favorite sci-fi films um but yeah, he's a reason for that franchise. So when he saw this, he had great big ambitions, and a lot of people were kind of like, even Midway, from what I was reading, people at Midway were like, "Dude, this is just a video game. Like, what are you like? Shut up. What are you talking about?" Um, and he sort of was onto something, I think. Um, maybe I think he w- was overshooting what he thought, but um, but yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting, and he actually had some uh, some things to say that I found some, about some stories and things that I'm gonna talk about um, at. During about the actual filming about the movie itself. So who played Raiden? Do you guys know who played Raiden? He's probably the most Chris, famous. Chris Lambert.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. we know that one.
0: Yeah. 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 He's probably by far the most pop most famous person in this film, um, I would say. I can't think it. when I was looking at it, if you look in the credits on IMDB, he's the first name that comes up. So mm-hmm. and I knew Christopher yeah. Lambert from the Highlander series, so yep. I movies. So that's how I remembered him. Um a funny story about him that I found was they actually wanted to get Sean Connery to play his role. Now There was a couple of things I was thinking about this that made me laugh was one I don't know if you guys remember Sean Connery was supposed to play Morpheus in the Matrix series and Mm -hmm. so now he was supposed to play where they wanted him to play Raiden in this so I thought that was kind of funny um, imagining like what the character would have been if Sean Connery was but they didn't have enough money for him and I don't think he really had an interest. Uh, Could you imagine like Sean Connery. <laughs> <played in. laughs>
1: I'm just trying to picture him with like long white hair. That's right? so weird.
0: <laughs> yeah. It just like he's now in retrospect, you're like, huh? Like, nah, I don't think that would work. But yeah. Um, funny story about uh, Christopher Lambert. So he, so it says he, yeah, he was expensive and wasn't going to be able to come to Thailand, which is where they shot uh, a lot of the movie, like half the movie was shot in Thailand. Uh, Cause he'd be going way over what they were going to pay him. So I think it was Paul W. Anderson developed this plan where he was going to do close ups of of Christopher Lambert in L.A. And then wide shots were going to be a double in Thailand and then edit it together, you know, you know, creatively and whatnot. And then Christopher Lambert found out and he said, I'm going to come anyway. So he went out to Thailand basically like on his own dime to finish to film the scenes that were out there. And he actually paid, from what I could find, he paid for the rap party as well. Like, what a cool dude, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. that's way cool.
0: Yeah, um, you guys know the who played Liu Kang.
2: So I know it's Robin Shu, right? But so yeah. I think it's funny. So Robin Shu, um, his the character that he portrays of Liu Kang, right? I think he did a really good job, and he was definitely like a sure fit for it, but. I liked him in the role in general. Like I liked his acting ability. I wanted to see more of him. He hasn't been in many more, uh, film. He's done some voiceover work. I know he did voiceover work for, uh, sleeping dogs, Mm. uh, which is a video game. Yeah. 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 He did voiceover work for sleeping dogs. Uh, -hmm. and he's been in almost all the death race movies. Yeah. Um, he was in street fighter and not the one with, uh, he wasn't in the street fighter that has Jean-Claude Van Damme though. He was in like some, 20 one 2009 one? 2010 one which i personally haven't seen mm-hmm. um and then he was in beverly hills ninja yeah which is like that yeah like i just feel like all US of these people. movies like they weren't like i feel like mortal Kombat was like the apex of his you know what i'm saying yeah no i, I agree known I,
1: for. yeah 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 and, and then and
0: i would no go ahead
2: and then beverly hills ninja like i feel like th- out of all the films he's been in like where he's had a major role those are like the most successful roles that he's been in and sleeping dogs he always plays like a not like a main character you know what i mean he's like an ancillary character
0: yeah well he did some work where he did some movies with chow Yun fat in hong kong that's actually where they got him from was from the hong kong movie scene and action action scene and um that's where he was known for so he had a lot of success before coming to the to the u.s i would say moderate success i guess i don't know if he had any you know main movies where he was the main character but i thought that was interesting and they actually did he had to read he had to do something um which apparently is not normal for for leaves is he had to read for this role seven different times and um because they were the studio and everyone wanted to make sure they got this part right and they did their due diligence, and I think they did. I think I think you're right. He did a he did a great job as portraying Lu Kang and yeah. trying to bring, um, like, given what the script was, you know, like I I, I liked him as Lu Kang. I actually getting more after, when we get more into it. I feel like I liked all the characters as they portrayed. You know, these um, yeah, uh, characters from the actors as the way they portray the characters from the game into the movie. Um, do you know who played Johnny Cage? With I'm sure Ashley. you know. Yeah, <clears throat> I just realized like if you guys the list before we actually did this and what I'm, I'm looking at. So you guys already know. Um, <laughs> but uh, do you know what Lyndon Ashby was like famous for before Mortal Kombat?
2: No, I do not.
0: He was on a show called Melrose Place, and I vaguely remember this. I mean, this was like an early. This is like during the Beverly Hills 90210, and then there was Melrose Place. My older sister used to love those shows, so I used to sit there and watch them with her when I was younger. And that's where I want to say he was famous, but yeah, yeah, he actually was like on a like sort of like the nighttime soap opera, dude. And they originally this is so funny. Someone someone in the Mortal Kombat world just loves John claude Van Damme because somebody yeah. wanted John claude Van Damme apparently was supposed to play Johnny Cage, which, which would have been interesting because Johnny Cage isn't the main character. And if you if you all play the, the games, you would know in the lore, Liu Kang is the main character. He won the, the first tournament um in the first game which was actually called the shaolin tournament not mortal Kombat, um uh, he won that tournament so everyone knows so it would be, be interesting to see how john claude van Damme would have worked out in that role but he turned that down to do street fighter which is a to- terrible horrible movie just awful yeah compared street to fighter party.
2: was not good yeah yeah no
0: um So going down the list, uh, I'm going to just wrap it up here with these, actors because these are sort of, the only one, so Kerry Tagawa, he's sort of like this B-list. He usually played like this, usually the villain. He was in a movie that I really loved growing up called The Perfect Weapon. It's a movie based on Kenpo. He played one of the villains in there. Not a villain. I think he played one of the guys that got into this pretty dope-ass fight scene with the main character. Um, And he's done other films, but he was kind of known as like the Asian bad guy in a lot of films in the 90s. Um, Interesting... Was Bridget Wilson who played Sonya Blade? Do you guys yep. remember Billy, Billy Madison? That's Miss Veronica Vaughn.
1: <Bourne>, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that Veronica Vaughn. <laughs> oh,
0: man. oh my goodness! And Which that's...
1: is funny because Chris Farley. Now we talked about Beverly Hills Ninja.
0: Chris Farley. Chris Farley, made Farley
1: and now you have Chris Farley with her again. How funny for them to like run into each other again?
0: Six degrees of Mortal Kombat. You know, like right. <laughs> yeah um, you're right so funny story about her she auditioned and they she had to go through a grueling um process of auditioning to play Sony Blade and she eventually turned it down because she wanted to do Billy Madison because she already got picked for it and then what happened was is Cameron Diaz was actually supposed to play Sony Blade but got injured I think uh, either in training or in fil- during filming I think she was in training where she, either way she got injured and she had to drop out and that Billy Madison had just finished shooting, and they brought Bridget Wilson in, who is also Bridget, who is Br- Bridget Wilson Sampras now. She married Pete Sampras. I don't think they ever got divorced. So I always find that funny because it's like, as she married Pete Sampras, she fell off the board as far as uh, mm-hmm. as far as acting. And it's yeah. just like, hey, you made it, girl. You married Pete Sampras, one of the greatest tennis players of all time. Like, pfft, power, more power to you. You know, I always find that funny. Like, she just like, she got, she got married. She made it. She's good. She don't need to make any more movies. Um, right. Yeah. so and then there was actually a talk with christina about christina applegate playing um sony blade which didn't, obviously didn't happen i thought so i thought her casting was was interesting she didn't want to do it at first because the casting process was so grueling to her and she just wanted to doing billy madison but then it all worked out and she found she finally got to play um the character after all um
1: yeah that's pretty
0: cool so, and then, so that, just to round it out, we had uh, Princess Katana played by Talisa Soto, who also starred, only thing I could recall from her was she was in this shitty movie called Vampirella. And it was, <laughs> <awful. clears
1: throat> That and, is a shitty movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then, I, I mean, I was a teenage boy, and I rented. it, I was like, ooh, Vampirella, Talisa Soto, ooh. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh my God, this movie was just horrible, you know? Like, just a terrible movie. That's the only reason I remember her. Um, So Trevor Goddard, who played Kano, he actually passed away in 2003 from what I could gather was a drug overdose, which was kind of sad. But there was a funny story about him, was that the producers thought he was actually Australian. Like, he did such a good job playing Kano as an Australian, and it was just like on a whim, I guess he just played the role that way, and they let him do it. Um, Yeah. Because I don't think the original Kano was from Australia. I don't remember his backstory specifically, but um, they actually thought he was Australian. Like, because he did such a good job That's with the accent. Cool. Yeah. And then mm. I'm only going to touch on um, one of the ninjas, Scorpion, was played by Chris Casamasa because he actually, uh, his fight scene was just so awesome. I just love That's when we get into the movie. And that was like my one of my favorite favorite uh, fight scenes. And do you guys notice when he said, uh, get over here? Like when Scorpion says, get over here in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but in the game, it was come here. That was actually what he would say. And it changed it, and in, in, I want to say on the console version. He does not say get over here in the arcade. It was come here. And oh,
2: it, I guess I'd never paid much attention to that. I mean, I know it was like something along the same lines was that that he said, but I never really picked up on that difference.
0: Yeah, this is what I'm saying. I was a nerd, man. I was, I was like a little kid, and this is the <laughs> things I picked up on, these things we talked about. So, um, yeah. So I think it was an interesting story on how they cast how yeah. they cast these people and 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 brought them all together to make this film so that i'm gonna get into some of the movie stuff now i'm gonna talk about a little bit about the box office i don't want to i don't want to do too much about the box office but i thought it was interesting because uh, i started looking at it and mortal Kombat was number it debuted number one in august of 1995 so that's not a surprise, I guess. Um, we did $23.2 million, and it was number one for three weeks. It was actually only the 15th highest grossing movie for that year, from what I could gather. But if you put all the video game movies, like true video game movies, I mean, not like Wreck-It Ralph, because I don't consider that a true video game movie. Right, uh, yeah. Where do you think, uh, domestically, it fits in the top ten? Just Just guessing.
2: You like mean based games? off of, like, gross?
0: Yeah, domestically amongst, in the United States. Amongst,
2: amongst, amongst video, all, game, video game films only?
0: Yeah, against all video game films only.
1: Shit, it's probably in the top five.
0: You think top five? Cool. What do you think, Ruthie?
1: I don't know, like, six or seven is sticking out to me.
0: It's pretty close. So if you're just going by, by sales only, like, um... Or a uh, dollar amount, it's number eight. It's $70 million. The number one is Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Okay, oh, good. <laughs> um, this is also from February, so I couldn't get anything more recent than that. So I don't know if Sonic, because this Sonic the Hedgehog is at number four, so I'm not sure where Sonic actually fell in this list, but it's listed as number four, so I think it actually did, it's probably higher on this so This it might be closer to, to two or three. But so the list is from, it's Pokemon Detective Pikachu's number one, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, Angry Birds movie, Sonic the Hedgehog, Rampage. Prince of Persia, and then Pokemon, the first movie, and then Mortal Kombat, and then Lara Croft Tomb Raider, The Creative of Life, and then Resident Evil Afterlife. That rounds out the top ten. Wow. Yeah. So, and then I think I looked if you actually adjusted for inflation, it was number three. Oh wow. Yeah, That's if you adjusted for yeah, adjusted for inflation because back then tickets. I mean, you're talking 25 years ago. Oh tickets, yeah. You know, and
2: they most didn't have the, 3D. Most of the most of the films that are in that list aren't like even die hard video game movies. They took severe liberties with the yeah. story of the game.
0: Yeah, so this this is the most this is the closest I could get to an accurate portrayal of a video game movie. I guess they took the title and then and that's how they I guess they that was the the criteria to meet this list, because there's really no true list, you know, true criteria to what makes it a true video game movie. Like wreck and Ralph* could be considered a video game movie, but it's really not, in my opinion, because it's not based off of video it's game. Not like it's not based off out. of
1: one. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, and even even uh, *Mortal Kombat*. I mean, like, there's a lot of lore out there now, but I, if I remember correctly, when it was made, there wasn't a huge lot of things. They took a lot of liberties with backstories and stuff because mm-hmm. just a lot of characters didn't really have a backstory. Exactly. They were just in the game.
0: Right, and the whole thing with him wanting revenge, Liu Kang wanting revenge on Shang Tsung because he killed his, his, brother. his brother, like, that was, yeah, that was made up for the script. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, funny story, though, I it's not even in the top ten, according to this Forbes list that they did, it's not even in the top ten uh, all-time worldwide video game movie. Uh, gross. It's not even in the top ten. The number one movie was, like, um, Warcraft was the number one at like almost five hundred million dollars.
2: Well, that's Warcraft. because of China.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because my wife asked me that last night when I was telling her this, and she was like, "That's surprising." Said, yeah, because China's got a huge thing. You know, yeah. I think Rampage was actually a little bit higher up on there. Um, but I, th- I just find those numbers a little interesting. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys I hope you guys did too, but um, that if you just for inflation domestically, it'd be the number three all time movie uh, as far as gross yeah so um all right let's get into the movie now we talked a lot about the game we talked about the backstory we talked about sales the actresses let's get into the movie um one of the things about the the movie itself was it was rated pg-13 and (laughs) i'm not sure if you you all remember but a lot of people were upset about that in the beginning because of the violence in the game um but New Line thought that PG-13 would hit their goal of hitting target uh, for teenagers as a target demographic because that's who was playing the game at the time. If you were 15, mm-hmm. you couldn't go and see the film. Huh. Yeah. So that being said, Ruthie, I want you to start off about the film and the plot. I'm not sure where you want to go with it, but I'll let you, let you kick it off about the film and the movie itself. What... What did you think? what do you th- what is your thoughts when someone tells you about this movie? When you talk about it, when I said let's talk about this movie, what were your thoughts? Um Or even when you went back to rewatch it.
1: <laughs> um so like I get like like super nostalgic and like I said, I, I still get hyped as an adult because it was in a way, like it was like one of those really good, like come together action buddy things. So I think it like had that feel of a video game. Like getting the gang together, kicking ass, having a few laughs when you do it, you know, and it was like challenging. So like it really has like a whole like video game vibe to it. You know, like if you and your friends are going to get together for a night and like grind out a campaign or something. Like I guess that's like my first thoughts. Um I love that like we don't go into like heavy backstories except for Lucaine. Kang. Kang. um I mean, the rest are like along for the ride. I like how simple it was. Hey, um, like the world's going to end because every hundred years these guys come about (laughs) and uh, we have Mortal Kombat. And if you don't win against the baddies, guess what? They take over the world, and you are the greatest fighters. We lured you here. Sorry we tricked you, but now you have to save the world. Like, <laughs> <What> an interesting
0: <laughs> way to decide on who takes over certain realms. You know, you have to do a, comb- a tournament, a every re- whatever. And, and that's another thing, too. Like, I, I was going to ask you guys, what is once a generation? Is it 100 years? Like, I it said once a generation, and then they've won nine, right? Outworld has. So I was always like, what does that specifically mean? Is it 100? And that just went with the proverbial 100 years, like you did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Like once a generation. Yeah. I don't know because I'm like, is it the generation of the these godlike, you know, old things? Because I think they mentioned the ages of different characters and stuff. And um yeah,
0: like that's another thing too. the um Katana. They say she's 10,000 years old. I'm, yeah. Like, Was well, that outworld years? Is that Earth
1: years? Like,
0: that? <laughs> that that that's that stretches. is not I don't even get into that. But I hate when sci fi say years because I'm like, what the F does that mean? Is that is everything based on earth years? Because that yeah. every year is one in the same. And so whenever I hear that, like a Star Wars or something. So that's what makes me wonder when I 10,000 years, is that, is that like dog years or is that like earth years? Yeah. Or
1: no. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I think my thing is, too, is I think the reason that people really liked it um, or in my opinion where like kids could relate to it or even adults, you know, if you go back in nostalgia wise and watch it is like they were kind of tricked into being the people for the tournament And they're all just, like, yeah, they have skills, but most of them are, like, normal. Like, normal people that have, like, learned karate, Sonia being, like, a cop. You know, like, all these things that have, like, minute backstories, you know, their own little problems. But, like...
2: Johnny Cage was a fucking actor.
1: Yeah, Johnny Cage was an actor who did his own stunts. But he learned the, you know, like, anybody could have gone to, like, a karate class. I think this is, like, why things like kids learning karate actually, like, blew up a little bit in the U.S. like... These places popping up because every kid wanted to learn them, you know, and, te- you know, and parents are like, oh, well, if it teaches them discipline as well, you know, and respect, yeah. then, OK, you know, so I think I that, would
0: tell you based on that theory, that was because of Karate Kid.
1: <laughs> well, I did yeah.
0: karate because of Karate Kid, that movie, that whole I crane that and everything yeah. Yeah, yeah. that the kids my age, that was what they they were doing the crane and they all wanted to do karate and breakboards and crap like that.
1: Yeah, like, well, and it's, like, it's all came out around the same, like, I think it was, like, a whole culture thing, like, in film was, like, a lot of, like, Americanized versions, you know, bringing in, like, kung fu and things like that, or, like, you know, karate, so, but yeah, yeah. I don't, go ahead, but that's no. what I think of the film, um, I liked it, also, like, it took you to a different world, different settings, all the fighting, you know, but it was placed with like small bits of story. So as a kid, it kept your attention, because as a kid, when you're kind of like, uh, oh, you know, it's getting kind of lully, then all of a sudden, they'd walk into a new room and it was just like, I'm challenging you now. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. Like, yeah. oh, they're fighting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, that made me like watching this movie. I'm like thinking in my head, okay, first one, I my thoughts about this movie, especially after rewatching it, I'm like, this does not stand the test of time. That's how I look at it um i try to remember it for what it was and it's you know for at at its time what we got and it's it's not a terrible movie by today's standards but it's just i felt like it didn't really stand the test of time even the even the fight scenes even though some of them were pretty cool it's just like dude stands there takes a punch to the face it's just it's indicative of what it was almost like the the pinnacle of what 90s uh u.s action movies were like, right? Because I grew up watching movies like Best of the Best, um, No Retreat, No Surrender 1 and 2, American Ninja, um, American Ninja 1 through 50. I don't know how many of those they made, but... um, (laughs) Those those movies were like that's what a uh, kickboxer bloodsport even the sequel the crappy sequels to kickboxer like, those are the things that i loved growing up as as a kid and i felt like this movie was sort of indicative of that but done almost better like the lighting was better the cinematography was better and it still had that cheesy sort of um, combat or hand to hand combat
2: yeah the but overall that, production value was better
0: right and it, and they also like i said uh, before we started recording was some of the music was that was not normal to have this upbeat techno EDM type music that they that they played um, for these. the music
1: was huge with the movie. Like, it yeah, was a huge, it was a huge like you don't even realize how much of a tone setter it was. But the last time I watched the movie, I remember like just giggling at myself because at the very end of the movie, when the movie is all like resolved and you're like chill for a whole second. And then the bad guy comes down, and he's like, ah-ha-ha, ha, you thought it was over, but now I'm here. And then Raiden's like, I don't think so. And then they all stand there, and then you hear, da 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 And yeah. you're like, it just gets you all pumped again. You're like, yes. Yeah, so,
0: exactly. Yeah, the and then you're just, like, what? Oh, I'm going to wait for the next movie? No. Right. Um, but it's funny. That, that scene, too, right before we talk about that, that's that, like, that that calming techno song that plays that was actually from hackers i think from the beginning of the movie oh, if you yeah. actually if you actually go back and listen to it um so yeah i mean all all those things were were really cool and i think when you talk about like your buddy you you're referencing how it's like uh sort of like a video game vibe with your buddies and you're trying to get together the, there was definitely that buddy cop feel to it but what a lot of people or i think a lot of people I mean, myself included didn't really think about too much until after seeing it a few times was the the funny lines you know like the whole scene when they're on the boat and Luke kang this is after Luke kang drops his freaking luggage in the in the ocean when, he, when johnny cage you know thinks he's some some lackey to to carry his luggage and then johnny cage like sees sees sonya blade and he's like trying to she gets like she yells at him, says like, move out of the way or something. And then luke yeah. comes by and he just goes, Another Starstruck fan, huh? And punches him in the shoulder and like the sarcastic look. Um, or the um when he says uh this is where you fall down, like at the in the beginning with Johnny Cage oh, and yeah. how they they tie into that after he kills Goro. Plot 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 uh spoiler alert, Goro dies. Um but, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, Goro uh,
0: super dies. Yeah.
1: (laughs) If you haven't watched Uh, it in 25 years, then yeah, you just got spoiled.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So there was a lot of you know funny moments in there, and then like Raiden when he was like, the fate of the billions of uh, billions of lives rely, you know, or the fate of the world relies on you. He laughs, and it's like, and then actually was reading that the there was actually too much humor in the original script, and they had to like pull back some of the stuff because there was too much too much uh humor oh and one of my favorite lines is when they're watching Goro and Kano have this conversation and Shang Soon comes in and talks about Liu Kang who's Kung Lao's descendant you know and then Johnny Cage looks over at Liu Kang and goes like what's so special about you and Liu Kang's like I don't know it's just (laughs) these lines the the comedic timing was pretty good and I I actually I really liked how they implemented that in, in the movie so um what did you guys think about like just the overall plot like how they how they were able to take such a ridiculous my my thinking behind this they took such a ridiculous concept when there really wasn't a whole lot of story like you referenced already Ruthie to made a, this into like a plot and it's just really interesting to me looking back on it now what did you guys think about that
2: well I don't really understand how Sonya Blade I don't think she was selected I think it's funny how she just happened to, it's because she was tracing uh, chasing Kano you know what I mean. That she wound up on that boat.
0: I mean, that was manipulated, I- though, by Shang Tsung. He knew that. Like, he had this weird, like, hard on for her. I don't understand. It never really, really, like, explained in that movie, but he had, like, this weird, like, infatuation with her. Right, uh, but
2: she's, like, she's a cop. Johnny Cage is an actor. You know, how are these people really people that are, like, the best of the best in the world? Like, I just think it's funny how the plot forms around these characters that for sure are interesting because of their diversity in terms of, like, their professions. But it, th- I feel like it wouldn't have worked out if they just would have been, like, yeah, they're all, like, lifelong martial artists that train 12 hours a day and do nothing else. Which probably would have been the more optimum in a realistic setting. The mo- but I know this is a video game, but whatever. In a more realistic setting, it would have been the more optimum for you to, like, choose, like, okay, who's going to defend us? A cocky actor and an even cockier police officer. Like I don't know. I just thought that the plot like But that's like the whole tie-in of a video game. Like everything's supposed to be fantastic and overdone. You know, I agree.
0: And I I was actually gonna say that they I think they actually kind of did that well. You took some something so fantastical, if that's even a word, like as the story of Mortal Kombat where it's a tournament that decides the fate of these realms and and there's no rules like Like in the video game, you could fight like the the human or the earthbound characters or earth defenders would end up fighting each other in the video game. But like, what's is there like a point system? Like, is there a team? Is this a team thing? Like, you know, that's what I think about this movie. Like, how does that work out? Like, oh, but then then Chang Tsung can just pick whoever he wants to fight, and does that just end it? And this is me as a kid. I'm not talking about now, but as a kid, I thought about these things. But you know what? I didn't care about all that. That's what was funny about this movie was we were seeing. We got a decent adaptation of a video game that we were able to overlook some of these plot atrocities. I guess if it was just a movie and it didn't have the name Mortal Kombat, I feel like this movie would probably not be in it, not be regarded as as it is today. At least it's be, from it's because from of the K.
2: If it was Mortal Kombat with the it wouldn't have worked out.
0: Funny story, there is a movie there is a movie called Mortal Kombat. Never saw it, but I remember seeing it in the movie theater in the and family video when I walked past, you know, the movies. There's actually a movie called Mortal Kombat. Couldn't tell you what it was about though.
2: What? I didn't know yeah.
0: that. Yeah. I mean, it's sure it's on IMDb <laughs> if you if you search it. Yeah. Another fun fact that I had for you e for today. But um so funny thing about the performances, you know, we, we kind of I thought even though the script wasn't great and in, in and what have you except for debate but i felt like the, the actors actually i felt like they like with you you talked again about how they they seemed like uh they grew together and they they developed sort of like a friendship and and mm-hmm. concern for each other i felt like that played out fairly well and i think that was due to the actors themselves and not necessarily the writing like i felt like their performances they took what they were given and they were able to put forth something that you know was watchable and sort of made sense um I think they
1: had, like, good chemistry, like, on-screen chemistry and diversity. Because even, like, I've seen it, you've seen it in film, like, where the movie itself is not great, or, like, the writing, like you said, or the plot. But, like, you will have two actors on screen that you just want to watch them because they just have something that you're drawn to. And I think that, I think the actors pulled it off really well. They were so diverse, so strong. And then, yeah, they just kind of, like, pulled it off. (laughs) You wanted to watch. You were rooting for them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so a lot of the members we talking about some of the funny lines. So those, some of those funny lines were actually improv ad libbed, according to um, this article that I read um, by the on the Hollywood rep- Reporter. So the line, "Those are five hundred dollars sunglasses, asshole!" Like when he basically. Um, Fighting Goro when Johnny Cage is fighting Goro and he crushes his glasses and then he beats him at the end. He says, Those are $500 sunglasses. That, that was ad libbed. And then the scene where he was like, In the beginning, he's like, Let's dance. I felt like they gave a lot of. I felt, I, I wonder if there's like footage of Lyndon Ashby with all this improv and stuff. I, I feel like he's a really funny guy because he had a lot of the funny funny lines. Like when mm-hmm. they were looking for Katana and he goes, I can smell her perfume. And the gang's like, I don't smell anything. Like I feel like he's a funny guy. Like I just I get that from him. Yeah, um, yeah. What made for me? What made the movie really for me were, were the fight scenes, right? That was like what drove this movie. Essentially, was was the fight scenes and how they were even by today's standards, they're still pretty, pretty, pretty good. I, I know I was kind of trashing it a little bit, but. I mean, this is before. You were, I, yeah. This, is, but I mean, if you look, if you take it for the like, put it in the box of time when this movie was released. Even to even by today's standard, they're not that bad. But it's still entertaining to watch. I think it's because of the the oomph that you hear when people are getting punched and things like that. But um, I found out that the the original cut when they were doing test audiences, they didn't like it because there wasn't enough fight scenes. They actually went back and reshot. Or shot new fight scenes, which includes the two best fight scenes of the movie, Scorpion versus Johnny Cage and Reptile versus, Lu- versus Liu Kang. Those weren't even originally done; those were done after the fact, according to yeah. the Hollywood Report article that I read. I was like blown away by that. Like, That's pretty how nice. do you so have those a fight in
1: there? Yeah.
0: yeah. Could you imagine how boring this movie would have been, or how pissed off people would have been if they? So good on them. One, to spend extra money to, yeah. to add these scenes, but could you guys imagine like? Those are the two best fight scenes of the movie, like, and then those weren't in it.
1: Definitely, like, like, the scorpion one, too, because he was just, like, rail. like, he just had the ability to rail on anybody with, like, being able to suck them in with the, you know, with the thing. And the whole being out in the woods, like, with the trees and stuff and, like, them both just kind of stepping out and, you know, it like, him having to outsmart it and not do his, like, traditional fighting. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's, like, one of the best fight scenes in the whole movie.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's what I was going to ask you what did you, what did you guys what were your guys' favorite fight scenes in the movie?
2: Well, definitely one of my favorite scenes in all of the one and two. I don't remember which one it was in. I think it's in the first one when like when they bring those fighters for Sub Zero to fight, oh. and that dude is all greased up and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like making those fucking weird ass noises, like just sounded dumb as shit. And then like Sub Zero is just like nonchalantly charging and this guy's like oh i know you're about to do something horrible and you have this otherworldly power but let me charge you <laughs> like it was such a poorly like played such a out scene but exactly but like i was like but i enjoyed it i was like yeah freeze that dude kill him i don't
0: care yeah exactly it's such a like um, if you go back and just think about that critically and you're just like or analytically and you're just like man if that was me i'd just be like okay what the f is that you better stop doing that right now. I ain't fighting you, <laughs> like you know. And then they, but they touch on that a little bit. I liked how they, how Kano right after that scene is talking about. I always believed in a fair fight, and he's like, what I saw there was not a fair fight. And then, um, and then people kind of, then they kind of reiterated how like they they are trying their best to take over this world, and so this is kind of like they're kind of like cheating in a sense. And when you think about it, the cards were so stacked against them; it just didn't make any sense. Shang Tsung could take people's souls. He could call upon other fighters, apparently, in, the, in that last fight scene, he, like, called upon, like, eight other dudes that Lu Kang had had to defeat, and then you had two ninjas, one that had, like, this demon that could come out of his hand, or who knows what that thing could do, and then you had another guy that could freeze, and then you had a eight-foot-tall, yeah. half-human, half-dragon <laughs> Goro, like, you know, it's just, Yeah, I thought it was interesting yeah. how they touched on that.
1: Well, and actually, um, it, this kind of, like, this goes off of that, too. Um, like, part of the, like, balance scope of it, was that um, the numbers, like, of uh, human slash, you know, like, worldly fighters versus the bad guys um, in the uh, thing. Because if you notice, like, Goro and, like, some other things that it hit on, and, like, the one, like you said, was Sub-Zero, um, they had to fight numerous fighters. But if you notice, like, Lou Kane only had, like, three fights, or, like, whatever, two fights. Sonya only had the one, and then later she was challenged by... Um, What's his name? The bad guy, Shang.
0: Um,
1: So, yeah, so, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, um, like, Goro, like, when we see Goro, he, like, I think it shows him, like, throw, like, 11 people to the ground, you know? And then, like, finally, the one guy goes in there. Um, Art. uh, Yeah, art. Yeah, (laughs) he goes in there. And then after that, it's Johnny. So it's just, like, apparently the numbers were supposed to account for their, like, things. Like, they were having to take on multiple, multiple, multiples. But still, like, as you see... They were greatly, like, OP'd, (laughs) like, compared to, like, the humans. But that was supposed to be the balance, because I think that was something that was brought up. Like, oh, yeah, five humans versus five of these crazy monster strong guys, like, (laughs) seems a little bit crazy. But when you look at it, like, when they even pull up, uh, when they roll up on the island and stuff, there's, like, hundreds of humans walking around. Um, So apparently it was, like, the numbers thing. We just happen to focus in on, like, the five that we're following for the plot. And
2: also, like, how did they also get selected for this? Is it, like, a thing in their village? Like, oh, there's, like, an elder that, like, knows that fought in it before. How do they get through the portal or, like, whatever magical kind of uh, uh, doorway that they have to get through to get there, if there even is one? It, did Raiden friggin' go to every single one of them, like, yo, you're pretty good, to the foot guy? the ninja well, remember the, the-
0: raiden, raiden didn't even invite lu kang shang soon did pretending to be his previous master boyd right right so what was that about like why was he inviting him like did he think that he was a he invited him because he thought that he would be a weakness because of his ego and his want to be legitimate his need to be legitimized by the media you know like maybe that's why he he picked him but lu kang if you if you think about it, he he knew like about this lore he knew everything even at that one scene that was kind of funny he was like oh i guess all the legends were true or what if all the legends were true and then johnny Cage he just looks up he's all tired because he's carrying his luggage and he goes like what legends like he's like what's going i love that line because he's just like what legends what's going on here you know like, he just has yeah <laughs> um but he luke gang is the only one that knew about this and spent his life from what i could gather it seemed like he was spending his life training for this sole purpose to fight in this tournament with the being with the shaolin monks right and so
1: yeah
0: it's interesting you brought that up josh because like i would like to know like what is they don't really touch on there's all these subtleties that they don't ever address and you just kind of have to like play as you go and make it up in your mind like that's what i was going to ask you ruthie when you were talking about all these 11 guys that were getting beat up or you just see they when they finally bring goro in, in into the into the story uh he's beating up all these guys you see all these guys falling to the ground which is only like three guys but it's looped so if you actually yeah. go back and watch it's like the same oh, three yeah. guys <laughs> uh, yeah. but yeah it makes me I, I was thinking in my head like who are these guys like w- wait are they defending earth's honor do they even know they're defending earth's honor or like defending the the fate of earth like they're
2: they're goros training fodder
0: right exactly but it's just I, I thought i thought i just thought it was weird you know just thinking about it but yeah. Again, these are things that we're overlooking. I find it interesting because these are things we're sort of overlooking because it's Mortal Kombat has done fairly well and we don't really have to to worry about it. I kind of want to call it, call back to the fight scenes about what our favorite ones were. Yeah. I so I actually liked the I I would rank them if I had cuz you know this is what nerds do, we rank our favorite fights. I would rank uh Johnny Cage versus Scorpion as number 1. Yeah, Rep definitely. Pal- V- reptile reptile Liu kang number 2 and um probably the Lu Kang versus no name dude with the dreads or not dreads he yeah, had braids in the in Oh the,
1: that, that actually the yeah fighter. that was w- that was like probably one of my favorites yeah
2: that was one of the good, best ones in the movie as well
0: yeah and he that actor that played him he was on a show i can't remember i was trying to find it. i couldn't name him for life he was on a show on a saturday morning show on fox in the morning where they, it was live action and they were fight it was actually it had Shannon Lee as like as like the announcer on there it was and he was actually in there and it had real people doing choreography and fighting it was it was like a weird show but he was actually from that and that's how I knew him and I saw him in this movie and I thought it was really cool and he actually man like if you like his look at his facial expressions and stuff and the when they were the way they were using the the bow staffs cuz they were they're really I think bamboo but that was probably one of my one of my favorite fights and People don't really remember it because he's fighting someone that we don't even know. What did you guys what do you guys remember from the fights? Like what did you like? Why was the scorpion fight your favorite or the reptile fight? Why why were those your favorites?
2: I liked the reptile fight because of like the environment that they fought in. You know, it didn't feel like a like a legit like tournament t- style situation. You know, it was like I'm here to do this and now I'm forced to fight you to move ahead you know what i mean mm. and i like i like that that it was like like i said it wasn't like a planned fight like it was an impromptu fight and i really liked how they displayed luke kang's signature like the the kicks that he does
0: yeah he did kicks. the bicycle kick he did the, yeah, bicycle, the bicycle kick in yeah. that scene.
2: and then um i don't know i just really liked it and i and i also enjoyed you know how reptile displays his ability you know like his technical ability with his flips and moves and you know what i mean he seemed like a very serious contender i mean he got his ass whooped but it was
0: still fun no it's to watch. funny in, in that fight scene i'm like even as a kid i was like man where the frick is johnny cage like because he just yeah. does he have to stand by like no man like i felt like at that point in time it's all cards are off the table or whatever you want to say it's you got to go in and you got to you know fight but it's kind of like i can imagine like oh okay it's okay you good luck lou I And mean, i'm just gonna hang back you know <laughs> in that scene but Ruthie, you were mentioning the Scorpion fight. What what did you take away from that fight? Like, why was that? Why is it? Everyone agrees, I think, not everyone, but a lot of people agree with that that the Scorpion fight was the best fight. But why is that? Why do you think that is?
1: Um. Well, I think for me, the reason I think it's probably one of the top fights of the whole movie is because he couldn't traditionally just run up and like try to kick his ass, like which is what almost every fight was. In the movie, like almost every fight, you're basically like hand to hand. But with him, he literally was like, what, 30 feet away. And he was like his palm opened and Johnny Cage is like, what the, f-? you know, like what yeah. is going on? And then all of a sudden that thing slung out at him. And so basically Johnny was like, I can't even get close to this guy to hit him. How the hell am I going to beat him? You know, and he just, you know, ended up like using the trees to his advantage and his surroundings. So he had to approach it a different way um you know and then he like basically got in there and you know did the thing but I think that was I think that's why uh also the scene like Josh pointed it out a lot of these fights I think why the movie works with the fight scenes is a lot of them bring in elements that are different between each fight like the reptile fight you know the leveled you know going up and going down actually I was just recalling where like before the fight for like reptile and stuff, like some of them would say fight, you know, or like you would hear the announcer, like, or whatever, like in the background sometimes.
0: Well, in the fight with reptile, they actually say reptile, like in the um, yeah, reptile. In the game yeah. and then the song yeah. plays. Yeah, yeah, and
1: then it starts. Yeah, so I always thought it was funny. I was just like, nowadays, if they did that, people would be like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> people would be like so turned off. But back then when it started, you were like, this is like the game, you know, like you get like so hype, like young you. Oh,
0: When Reptile showed up, I was hyped. I mean, I was (laughs) fired. I was, I was pumped. Man, Reptile was one of my favorite characters because I don't know if you guys know, Reptile was a hidden character in the first game. You had to do all this stuff to fight him because there was only yeah the Green Ninja and like you had to do all these things to fight him. And then he became a normal character in Mortal Kombat Two, and I used him all the time. And he had my favorite, one of my favorite fatalities when he would take his mask off, and then you see a reptile head, and then he would stick his tongue out pull the person's head off and then swallow it. I love that. So yeah, when I saw reptile, I I was like, wow,
1: because he did, he did kind of like, you kept seeing the little, you know, like his little reptile guy, you know, like around everywhere. And you were like, wait a minute, is that, you know? And then when he like sucked into that statue and you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's coming. So like, everybody gets like super hyped about it. Um. uh, one of my fights, though, like that was definitely I love the uh, the tiger guy that you talked about. That was re- like a really fight just visually, like his facial expressions, like they were very like cat like he had like this whole vibe. It was a very different you thing. And it's then-
0: funny you say that there's a little scene at the end of that fight where he gets up. And they play a tiger roar. Like he opens his, he like screams, yeah. and they play this the faint. And you said tiger yeah. guy, and it's funny that you say that because that's how it, I how I imagine him. Because of that, not because of his facial features, but because of that one little instance of him when he like goes ah, and then they make and him. In, roar. And his pants
1: have tiger stripes on him, too. So I feel oh, like yeah, that's right. The channel point. this cat like agility and stuff like that. Like at the end of the day, if you really break down the fight, it wasn't that you know. Like you said, we've seen so many more fu- like. I feel like cinema had to like keep amping up the fights as time went on because it's like, okay, yeah, we've seen it. It's karate. It's, you know, um, you know, and then when you consider like in the 90s and later, you have people like Jackie Chan, Jet Li that are like bringing all these crazy like elements in uh, that, you know, or like, I don't know, weapons. Like Jackie Chan is a master of like turning domestic weapons (laughs) into like killing things or like, you know. Ways to like using kick ass. He yeah. Was, yeah. Using his environment. Yeah, using his environment. So like I think like when you have all those, considering people are just like, you know, punching. But yeah, he had like this very like cat-like thing and like, yeah, when he gets up and he kind of makes that face and darts towards Luke Kane, and they do like that roar in the background, it definitely like makes it seem like he's some kind of animalistic fighter. Uh, one of my favorite fights, I will have to say though, is like Sonya with Kano. She gets her revenge. She kicks ass. She's a girl. And... I think a lot of guys liked it, and probably where the uh, thigh crushing fetish came before some <laughs> guys. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think some men can attribute their whole thing about if I die, I die, thigh crushing fetish to that scene. Like, it just is what it is. But uh, all I, I remember about cool
2: the scene with Sonia and Kano is like, there's so much sand everywhere. <laughs> it must have been so uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, well, and she's, like, yeah, like, it had to, like, especially when they're on the ground and, like, kicking things and stuff. But, like, she really – I think the reason the fight meant a lot is because, like, he really, like, holds nothing back. Like, it looks graphically – like, he kicks her in the stomach. Like, and she's, like, doubled over and, like, groaning. Yeah, and he – yeah, it
2: definitely looks like he hit her see, really like, hard, yeah.
1: You see, like, in a movie. Like, I know we talk about, like, the blood and guts and, you know, different stuff and everything, which there wasn't a lot. There was a lot of violence, but that's probably – domestically, if you talk, like, men fought, fought woman, he did not hold back. Like, he was going to, like, really hurt her. He wanted to. And mm-hmm. so, see her, like, be victorious.
0: So, I kind of disagree with you in that fight scene because, I mean, yeah, you know, it's you have a powerful you know, female character who should win that fight, and, and it's great and whatnot, but I just felt like the way it was portrayed, like, she's this petite, you know, woman, and this dude, like, the Kano was Big, man, like, compared to her. And, like, I felt like... I just felt like watching that fight scene, like, when he hits her, I felt like he would knock her out. Like, just with one punch. Because is so big. Um But I, I understand. I like how they did the whole... uh Her, like, rapping. Like, she does the move where she wraps him with the legs that she was referencing about the fetish or whatever. But I felt like if they would have went... That would have been her, her move to go to is to get close and do that. I don't know. The fight scene, the way it was done, it just didn't feel... I don't want to say realistic because none of this crap <laughs> felt realistic, but I don't know. I just, I didn't yeah. get the feeling that she could take him on and win during that I fight I
1: feel like season. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, but I also feel like Kano wasn't at his prime. I think he was at his, like, cocky, almost on the epitome of retirement, though. <laughs> like, when he walks Ooh. up, he's, like, literally – doesn't he, like, walk up and he's all, like, leaning against the thing? And it looks like he literally just, like, drank a beer and was eating some peanuts. And he, like, spits before he walks. Like, <laughs> hey, come eating on. some peanuts? What do you get that? I like, mean, sunflower seeds. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, even, like – he was so cocky. He has the Australian thing. Like, I feel like he just got done with a barbecue. Like, he he thinks Sonia. <laughs> Strip on He's the like, Bobby. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't want to. I feel like that's. Uh, he was big, but I also feel like he was like. Old, like, he just got cocky and like soft in the fact that, you know, he isn't, you know. And she's been training for this, like, forever. Like, ever since he killed her partner. So, like, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I get what you're saying, though. He was like, yeah. he, he was like, you know, and stuff like that, and everything. I could, I could see that where he's like, I mean, totally, he should, he should outgun her because he's like, as far as stock goes, he's like two times her size. If you think of like muscle and like man stock, yeah. but yeah,
0: I just felt like Bridget Wilson playing Sonya Blade, and like, there's like this, I don't know. I just felt like her ability to portray as a herself as a fighter and do choreography seemed limited in that scene to me just watching that fight scene and it didn't really pay off as well but i i and we all knew like we all knew she was gonna kill him and beat him you know i saying? it was just like one of those things but i liked the way you were going with that about him being like a drunk and kind of like they even kind of allude that when shang Tsung's making fun of him sort of and he's like talking to goro about him he's like oh he's like he's a cretin you know but even in, in the table the, he's
1: like eating he's so gluttonous maybe yeah. that's why i pull it from He's yeah. like, ugh,
0: ugh. No, I'm sure that's what they why <laughs> they portrayed. Yeah, when he spits, he's like, treasure these moments. <sighs> and spits out uh, like Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> and so uh like I think that's why they did that. I'm glad you pointed that out. I think I'm pretty sure that's what they were trying to portray him as is just like this low life scumbag that couldn't, you know, do anything. Um but I so see what I was gonna say, last thing about right. the fight scenes, is I like how they incorporated the Abilities of the characters from the video game into the movie. Like Josh, you referenced the bicycle kick in the reptile fight. If you actually see in the fight against Scorpion, Johnny Cage does the shadow kick, which yeah. I, don't, I don't know how that applies before he gets sucked into to, to um, Scorpion's lair. Um, and then in that fight, he does his, you know, he tries to do, Scorpion tries to do his famous fatality who pulls his mask off and blows fire on him. And one of the things I love about that fight is at the end he does his friendship. Johnny Cage does his friendship after he defeats him by to my greatest fan, and it's a picture of him and he signs it, which is from the game of Mortal Kombat 2. They incorporate these things called instead of fatality, you do a friendship, and I just love. I mean, out of context, that's just like what, like what the hell? But the <sighs> fact that they put that in the game in the or in the movie from the game, it just makes sense, and it's just in in this weird like sort of world. You know, it just makes sense, and I loved it. I still love it to this day. Like, it's just great to me that that I just love the fact that out of context, it doesn't make any sense. But us as gamers and fans of the franchise know what that moment means. You know, and so I thought that was great. Um, and then there was, a, and then like you just talk about Sonya grabbing Kano with her legs. That's a move she had. That was like how she would body slam yeah. in the yeah. game. She would use her legs. So, mm-hmm. um, what do you guys think about that? like those things about them incorporating it. Did they, did any of those, some of those not get pulled off? Well,
2: I feel like they were all pulled off. Well, but I also really enjoyed it because of the fact that it helps tie into the fact that they're trying to stay as true to the game as they possibly can, even though they invented, not invented, but they took certain liberties with the lore of the world because we didn't have that much, uh, exposure to the lore of mortal Kombat before the film. Um, so I definitely enjoyed the fact that they tied in things from the game directly into the into the film.
0: Yeah.
1: No, definitely. Yeah, no, like that's my thing. I, I, like honestly, I was that's my exact thoughts. Like they had only so much in the video game, so I'm glad that they like pulled it in and implemented and they they like like they make these little like easter eggs slash pullback to what little they had plot-wise or character-wise from the games. So I thought that that was pretty cool. Oh, Um,
0: the last one I forgot to mention was mm. the split punch to the groin of Goro. When he did that, like, I was dying laughing seeing that scene because it was totally unexpected. And that's another move that he can do in the game. He does the split punch and then they cowl over and they scream. Except it doesn't work on the female characters. They wouldn't if you actually played the the original one, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat two. That didn't work on the female characters, which is kind of funny. But I guess it makes sense um, <laughs> because you punch a female in the groin, they're not going to cow over probably like a guy would. But the fact that he did that to Goro now it's like his secret move. I thought that was great.
1: Oh yeah, no, definitely.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, so that covers most of the fight scenes. We talked some about the plot and. Some of the things. So the last thing I want to touch on is some of the special effects because I found something that was kind of interesting. Um, for one, I thought most of the special effects just looked horrible by today's standard. The way they look outdated. Yeah, but, but for the time, man. Even then, though, like I mean, remember Terminator Two came out in what ninety two, and this came out in ninety five. Terminator Two's special effects were. I mean, it probably had a bigger budget, but this is what yeah. I'm uh, alluding to is the person that worked on the special effects was Allison Savage. And she was one of the main people that worked on Terminator Two, and that's why they brought her in. But what did you guys think about the the special? Effect? I guess you guys a little bit more. I think I'm a little bit harsher on this movie than you guys are, even though I love it. <laughs> I don't want people to think I hate this movie, but I, I think I look at it and it's like a time capsule and kind of like a guilty pleasure movie, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But what do you guys think about the special effects versus then and now and like how it aged? And what did you guys think about it at the time when you saw it?
2: Well, I haven't. Uh, seen the film recently but uh i do remember it and i remember being amazed by it i mean but for the time as well and you also have to remember i watched it when i was a kid and i was easily impressed because Mm -hmm. you know so i definitely think that for the time even though it wouldn't stand up to like you said like terminator 2 or uh maybe even what they did with like the predator films but Mm still like the practical special effects and the cgi stuff that they did i think was pretty okay
1: yeah i think that i think for the time it it did i feel like they did have quite a bit smaller budget than a lot of those other ones probably um because it was based off a video game and their target audience wouldn't be like like encompassing all if that makes sense like I think Terminator you could have like the preteens and the teenagers and then the adults like everybody would want to go see that as mm. opposed to Mortal Kombat they were driving towards like just mainly like young younger audiences. So and it was sketch because it was all based on a game with like literally no plot. Mm. <laughs> so. yeah. and also oh, you yeah. probably
2: have to think about like when it comes to funding like sure they might have had the same person that did some work on Terminator 2 but talk about funding because terminator 2 already had like a cult following because of terminator so clearly that film would have had a bigger budget
0: yeah yeah i'm sure the special effects budget i mean you have james cameron you know and like, yeah uh, oh, yeah, yeah 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 but, but um i think it- i was just saying i thought that was interesting that's that someone that and she actually still works for threshold entertainment who did the, who did the work on this movie but i thought it was really interesting that they had someone from Terminator 2 on this. I don't know. I just felt even at for his time, I felt like as a kid that some of the special effects were like reptile stuff. It was cool certain moments, but at the end when he's getting wrapped into that body and when he comes out of that body, I just feel like the special effects weren't all that great. And then the the whole there's a scene where they go up this tower in Outworld, and it just re- looks really bad, even by today's standard. It looks even yeah, worse the, now. The
1: background, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Last time yeah, when I they're watched doing it, I remember the tower seen, climb it was yeah. so painted, like it was like you can tell they're literally on like 20 foots of stairs, and it's just a big painted background.
0: Yeah, like it,
1: it's it's yeah, like stuff like that definitely like doesn't hold up. Um, I feel like it was very. um uh I feel like it was, how's the way to describe it? Like their pixel count was like way lower, if that makes sense. Like he's even with reptile, when you have like the little reptile and he's doing like the chameleon stuff, he comes out and his lines are like so blurred and soft. You know, like he's not yeah. a, like a very highly detailed chameleon or, you know, like reptile. Um, like the colors are all blurbed up together and things like that. Um, some of the coolest effects, though, I thought was like Raiden's electricity like oh, especially yeah. when it like burns across his eyes i think they did really good with that it was very subtle but you know still was like crisp uh i like that and stuff you know and some other things but it was yeah so a lot of it doesn't stand up the test of time but like back then being like a kid for me it like did its job yeah <laughs> so, yeah so to see see yeah to see, see those these characters yeah yeah
0: it's funny that was like one of my favorite scenes with raiden when um He's they're at the temple, uh, and they're hear the gong, and they're all like, you know, telling Wu Kang he can't go or they're not going to bless him because he's not ready or he's only going there for, uh, he's vengeance can't be your only reason for going. And then he meets, he meets Raiden there, and he goes, he just calls, like, this is just a beggar. And then his, his grandpa just like, forgive him, Lord Raiden. Yeah, he's just, don't. he's like, uh, American, uh, american life ruin his brain or something <laughs> yeah. too much television right and then so he yeah. flips them and then that's when we see his lies light up, eyes light up i'm sorry that's how i was connecting that but that still leads into like one of my favorite scenes or one of the funnier scenes um there and then he just gets up like i so said, he flips them he's like whatever i'm gonna go anyway take my ball and go home but yeah um yeah i think that was cool some of the sub-zero stuff was okay uh, which was a fight we didn't really talk a lot about, which I loved, even though it was really short. It was like 15 seconds long, I want to say, or 30 seconds long. It was really, really short, but I yeah. like how they incorporated his style, like with his weird bendy kicks and flipping off the back, and then. Um, but yeah, the special effects—I I just felt like, even for its time, were were lacking. I guess they didn't have the budget in it for it at the time but i just was i felt like at that time even as a kid yeah like, eh, i don't know but i was just happy to see these characters on screen in a movie that's halfway decent you know
1: yeah, yeah i think it's the same for like when i think of this movie i also think of other movies that came out at the same time like so like one of the first i'm thinking of like one of the fr- other like fighting movies that like me and my brothers and friends were really big into was like mighty morphin power rangers mm-hmm. like special effects not a big deal but you had the fights you had like the buddy buddy of it you know, like, it, w- it was one of those movies where everybody, just like the games, you pick your character, and you, like, stick with your character, and, you know, you identify with them, and then it was enough to have, like, that connection between your group and your character and just, like, enjoy it for the ride it was. For the yeah. record,
0: I'm with you on that movie, too. I loved that movie as a kid, so <laughs> I don't care. I remember we were talking about Kyle Higgins, and he was like, no, that movie like, shit. I was like... <laughs> I'm thinking I in my can't... head now, I was like, I should have spoke up, but I was like, no, <laughs> I loved that movie too as a kid. Like that,
1: i yeah, seen yeah. It's like the a power. nostalgia thing. Yeah. It, like now you can laugh about it and still get those small little nostalgia fills about it. But yeah, no, if I watched it now, I'd be like, oh, look at this editing. It's horrible, yeah. you know, and stuff, the adult in me. But it still doesn't mean that, I, you know, I hate it or anything.
2: So, like, but this is what I'm talking about. So, when we were talking about budget, right? Mortal Kombat had a budget of $20 million, Terminator 2 had a $102 million
0: budget. Oh, I. Oh, I, I know the budget. I knew the budget was going to be much higher for Terminator 2. And that's what I, Jesus. I... I was like, I understand the budget, and but the fact that they brought in someone that was so... I felt like someone, they brought in someone that was so talented or had done such great work that the special effects were the way, the way they turned out to be. But I guess you could acc- accumulate that to the fact that they didn't have a ton of money in that budget for that.
2: Wow. Um, this is a gross increase. From the I mean, first Terminator. First Terminator only had a $6.4 million budget.
0: Well, it was also a 10-year difference, you know. But, but still, I, shit! Yeah. And no, no one knew. But then, remember, yeah. remember, James Cameron had done Aliens as well. Uh, and he had done Terminator. And so he had kind of built this, you know, rapport, following. Yeah. And, and Yeah, and, and Terminator was a success, a massive success. So, of course, they're going to be like, Oh, here's a buttload, a buttload of money. Go ahead and <laughs> spend it, you know. Yeah. Um, but... um. Yeah. So that's pretty much the gist of everything that I wanted to hit in this movie. So i and we've been talking for quite a bit. And so what I would like to do is for you all to say your final thoughts on the movie, and then we're going to close it out. What do you guys say? Sounds good. All right. So Josh, I'm going to let you, I'm going to hear your final thoughts on this.
2: I think the movie, uh, I think it's like, it was like a pivotal, uh, not a masterpiece but like a pivotal work that helped uh, create awareness not only for video games but for for the entertainment that it can provide outside of the video game realm because you still had people that maybe didn't play the game that they probably enjoyed the film or or you know action movie buff guys that or action movie buffs not guys in general but action movie buffs that may have may have enjoyed it you know even though they might have not played the game themselves so i feel like it was a step in the right direction for the video game film genre, if you would like to say that. But uh, I'm just excited for uh, what the future holds for Mortal Kombat. I don't know if you guys know, but uh, Mortal Kombat is going to be releasing a reboot in 2021. Um, that has a pretty sizable budget and some pretty uh, big name actors in it. I don't know if you guys uh, knew about that, but yeah, that's coming.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I am huh? aware. And one thing I wasn't sure is I was interested. Is it going to be rated R? Uh, yes. Okay. And I think nowadays studios will actually be more inclined to take that risk because we saw like Deadpool, you know, and how well Deadpool did, how Logan did. I mean, that was a pretty hard, high marks to hit, I think, as, as like movies go, especially Logan. But um so yeah that, yeah I'm excited for that too. I mean
2: things things could change though but the film the film is already done with filming they stopped filming in um in December of 2019 that's when the filming they wrapped.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: but one thing I'm really excited about is so Hiroyuki Sonata if you guys don't know who Hiroyuki Sonata is uh, Hiroyuki Sonata played the samurai who was the instructor for the last samurai kind of like the oh.
1: You know what I'm saying?
2: Uh, He also played in Lost. Uh, He was like that Japanese. If you guys watched Lost, he was like that Japanese guy. That's funny you bring that up. What?
0: I just started, my wife and I just started watching that show. I've never seen it, and we just started watching it.
2: Okay, well, then, never mind.
0: No, it's fine. It's been a long time.
2: Hey, I understand the
0: rules of spoilers. There's like limits, you know, there's understandable limits. And I know that a lot of people will say it didn't come to a nice, conclusive ending, which I'm prepared for. But, um, Uh, yeah, okay.
2: (laughs) Uh, but, uh, he will will be playing, he will be playing a scorpion, which I'm very excited about because Mm. I feel like, uh, scorpion deserves, you know, that serious, like, I mean, I'm sure the actor who played him before, like his face was covered the whole time. But I'm pretty sure that they're going to have as high uh, uh, caliber actor as, as Hiroyuki Sonata is. They're going to have at least some kind of backstory because Hiroyuki Sonata would not not show his face in a film.
0: Right. Right. You're not going to pay him mm-hmm. to to be in, in that movie if you're not going to show his face. But yeah. Um, what about you? Ruth? What are your final thoughts on, on this movie now that we're
1: wrapping it up? uh my final thoughts are it's i think why the movie was so successful is one they definitely catered to their target audience um it was enough for kids it was you know for to drive them up the wall you know and to drive their parents up the wall to watch it and to you know Mm -hmm. um and then also like i know we like joke about like who the hell picked these people to represent earth like Mm -hmm. but i think the part of the appeal is is even as an adult it's kind of like I could do what they're doing, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, if I was on the force for so many years, you could be a Sonya. Or like, if I had 10 years training in a temple, I could be, you know, Liu Kang and, you know, like they were all like, it was attainable to be like the heroes of earth. And I think that was kind of like an underlying thing that everybody was just like, yeah, we could be heroes too. Um, so I think that kind of was like part of the appeal. And then also like, just great music makes great film. (laughs) I think like the music and all that really like a big part of it. Like you said, it was like one of the first uh, ones and everything um, with like the electro EDM and things like that. It was like a huge thing. Um, And it changed it because that was something that normally was just like in video games and stuff. So to take that and put it in the film was a big deal. So I don't know if you haven't seen it in years, Sit down and watch it again. Like, for if nothing else, like, nostalgia and laughs. Because I think it, in that sense, it still is entertaining in that it will hold up. You know, like, get your crew together. Have a good movie night.
0: (laughs) You know, so I'm going to throw in my final thoughts. But I want to, I guess, start off with what you were saying. This is a movie that I did a lot when my friends would come over to my place. We would just hang out, drink. We would watch, like... Like sometimes we would watch really bad movies, and then, or like we would watch older action flicks. And Predator yes. was like heavily in the rotation, and so it was this one. And we used to watch. It was like, what are we gonna watch? Uh, it was it was kind of like our go-to, you know. And that's funny you mention that because that's what we used to do. Like we'd a group of guys come over, you know. Maybe there was one girl there, you know. <laughs> one of the guy's girlfriends the came along. Group. <laughs> yeah, one of the girls, guys, girlfriends came along reluctantly, and then they broke up because they realized they a loser he was. But um, right. no, I'm just kidding. Um, I if I can convince my someone to marry me like my wife, I'm sure any other nerd out there can do it as well. Um, but that being said, yeah. So this, I went going back. I rewatched this yesterday, and I I can see why I enjoyed it so much as a younger as a kid, and. I actually still enjoyed. I think I kind of crapped on this movie a little bit, but I actually still enjoyed the fight scenes, the ones that we talked about with Scorpion and Reptile, uh, Scorpion versus Johnny Cage, Reptile versus Liu Kang, and you know, I actually enjoyed those fight scenes. I think the acting is not terrible, but it's not great. But it's just enough to sort of give us, you, you know, it wasn't. It was almost like we gave it a pass. For, you know, if it was like really, really bad, then we would have been really pissed off. But it was almost good. It was just good enough. That, that's why we fell in love with it, you know. That we were over, we, yeah. we were able to overlook so much of the things that we had questions of, or like why would do that? Like why couldn't Scorpion just step forward when he was trying to kill Luke H- or uh, Johnny Cage with his spear, you know? Because you remember that when he shot it, and, like he just stood there and like oh too far away, couldn't reach him. Like dude, just take two steps forward, and yeah. he didn't do that. Um, well,
2: okay, come on, we can't do this logic because you know plot is plot. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm
0: saying is that. We overlooked these things because we love the the video game franchise so much that we were just so happy to get a good quality film made that wasn't just terrible. It made enough sense and looked cool enough that we were able to overlook some of those things. And that's why I think I love this movie because as a kid growing up, I finally got what I wanted and it paid off. It, you know, and, and it also gave studios the chance now to, hey, if you actually put the time in and the effort to take a video game movie that you know it's gonna it's gonna pay off for you in the long run. And we've seen that with a lot of the video game movies now, like even though they're not quite like Mortal Kombat, but they're making a Last of Us series now, right? On HBO. They're making that. Um, yeah. who knows who knows if they would have made well they did make a Warcraft movie which wasn't very good but made a ton of money, you know, or in Rampage. Who knows who knew if all these movies that got all this funding would have been made if Mortal Kombat hadn't been a, a success. Because remember yeah. I think the only movie we had before this was Super Mario Brothers. Do you guys remember? Oh,
1: my gosh. Which, like, is the same kind of thing. Like, yeah, I feel like, well, my thing is, is I think they both established, like, I think Mortal Kombat, I think, was more popular because, like, you know, kids could latch onto that, whereas Mario was a little more, like, adult. Like, it was on this weird, kooky adult ground, you know? Yeah. Super Mario was, like, even in
2: my opinion, was super inappropriate, like, for children in that time.
1: Yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, like I love that movie. Like it's like it's the same thing. It's like a righteously bad movie you watch with your friends for like nostalgia and like laugh entertainment. Um, like in no way is it like a pivotal film.
0: Man, just, I don't like, even know if I'd movies. watch that movie for a drinking game. That movie's so bad. Yeah, that movie. Is
1: really <laughs> oh my bad. gosh, I totally would. <laughs> but like, um, but I feel like they like if they hadn't, like they made it based off so little plot. That people are like, well, if we can do these based, if they did these back in the 90s based off so little plot, then we could literally do anything now. Like, and the inflation, the budgeting, the fan calls, social media to get the word out, like even indie games and, you know, like things like that. I feel like they broke the ground that if we had so little to work with and it was still like successful in the fact that they made some money, like I feel like we wouldn't have a lot of stuff today that we do. Um, and they wouldn't be striving, you know, like it wouldn't be even a market now if they hadn't like started that kind of foray.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so that, that was pretty much how I wanted to wrap it up. The last thing I will add is, I don't know if I said this was that the soundtrack, I don't know. Did I say this? The soundtrack actually went platinum and it was the first EDM album to go platinum. I remember I said that before we started. I don't know if I, I clarified that in, in, in the uh in the show but also i had that cd and i loved it That's how i discovered kmfdm that's all i'm going to say if it wasn't for the mortal Kombat soundtrack i would have never discovered kmfdm they're the one that did the song uh, i forgot the name of it but when Sonya fought kano so if you haven't if you haven't heard of kmfdm check them out they're like an edm rock band they're pretty good and you know if they're still making music but um so yeah that's that pretty much wraps it up for today um, I just want to thank you, Josh and Ruthie, for coming on to geek out with me about this movie on the 25th anniversary. Uh, it's been a blast.
1: Yeah. And
0: I can't wait to see what we talk about in the next next week or next couple weeks. Can't wait to to get together again and do another show. So thank you guys for coming on.
1: You're welcome. Good having us. Come oh on. wait,
2: before before you guys go, I want to know. You don't have we don't have to explain or elaborate. <laughs> right. I just want to know what is your least or in your opinion, the worst video game film adaptation?
0: The worst?
2: The Dude. worst, in your personal opinion. We don't have to delve into it, I just want answers.
0: For me, it's a toss up between Blood Rain and Super Mario Brothers. I will say Super Mario Brothers because Blood Rain, we got to see some movies. That's all I'll say.
2: I was going to also say Blood <laughs> Rain. I'm glad we're on the same page there. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was going to say Blood Rain was pretty terrible. And I'm sorry. I know a lot of people loved it. But my second would be Detective Pikachu. Because literally, I think it had nothing to do with the Pokemon Pikachu games. Yep. Like, literally, they took one character and centered all this bullshit around it. <laughs> which has nothing to do <laughs> with mm. anything. And it mm. sold because it had Pikachu. Pikachu. That's just. Mm, like, I think
0: yeah. I found the topic of our next show. No, and Ryan, right. <laughs> and Ryan
2: Reynolds did the voice. That's really
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. So I mean, whatever. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's just my thing. But I've never been a huge Pokemon girl. I don't hate them. I just like my thing was like, oh, they're okay. And then I'm like, they made a whole movie about him being a detective. He's not even a detective in the video, in the games. Like, I don't know. I was just so Jason. <laughs>
2: All right. I just wanted to know before we took <laughs> off.
0: No, that's a great question. So, that being said, I'm going to say goodbye and sign off. So, you guys have a wonderful week, and I can't wait to see what we come up with later. All right. You guys have a good
2: Memorial Day weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah. everybody.
0: All right. Adios.
1: Bye bye.